Hello, this is Pastor Bob. Today on the broadcast, we're continuing where we left off last time, talking about the deity of Christ today. We talked about the deity of the Holy Spirit last time. A lot of arguments today about the Trinity, but God displays himself as three members in this earth, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Once you begin to understand it, you understand that God is a team. He works together as a team, and his power is displayed through himself, through Jesus Christ, and through the Holy Spirit. I'll quit talking. Let's go to the broadcast and find out about it. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. It's great to have you here today. I taught something in the previous broadcast about the deity of the Holy Spirit. Today I wanna to talk about the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The fact that he is a member of the Godhead. And of course, then we have the Father. And there's still so many people today that have trouble with the Trinity, the word Trinity, or how God can be three yet one. And yet our lives are filled with combinations of things that are more than one. You talk about yourself, but the Bible describes you as three parts, a spirit, a soul, and a body. And in your spirit's where the Holy Spirit comes to live. Your soul is what the word of God which is Jesus Christ, wants to control your thinking to where you begin to think in line with him. And then of course your body represents the fact that that's something that keeps you here in this earth. But one day even that will be replaced with a resurrection body. You will always be a Trinity. And God is a Trinity. Even the word in the Old Testament when God created the heavens and the earth, the word for God there is Elohim, and that's plural. And God said, let us make man in our image. And that kind of thought goes throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament too. One of my favorite verses of scriptures in Hebrews chapter five, where it says, when Jesus Christ was born, I mean, in the manger, think about this, it says, and when he came into the earth, he said, he spoke and said, sacrifice and offering you would not have, but a body have you prepared for me. In Old Testament sacrifices, you had no pleasure. I have come to do your will, O God. That was not the humanity of Jesus. And that little newborn baby didn't roll over there in the hay and start talking to Mary. She would have freaked out. But inside, he was eternal God. He was God in the flesh and talked to his heavenly father from the cradle. To me, that's the best Christmas verse in the word of God. But again, it brings out the fact that Jesus Christ himself came into this earth as a trinity. He was a spirit, had the spirit of God inside of him. He had a soul, which he started training from the moment that he could get old enough to think and properly think, and that he had a body. And even that body was destroyed by the cross, the crucifixion, and God gave him a resurrection body. So much like everything that we have, that even Jesus Christ in and of himself as a human being was a trinity. The word team, we often think about, you know, well, how can God be more than one? The word team is one word made up of many. It could be five on a team or nine on a team or however many. But again, the team operates together as one. There's a headship there and they take orders from the headship. So is God. And God is a team of three that work together. And so this is how the how things have always worked in the word of God, even with mankind. The, fa the family is a team and the church is a team and the local church is a team. We go through it that the Bible is just filled with many things that are combinations forming teamwork. And this is what God is. This is really what the Trinity is. Three separate members of the Godhead, yet they work together as one. They think alike, they plan alike. And there's even a hierarchy there where the Father is the headship, Jesus Christ under him, and then the Holy Spirit. So we ended with the last broadcast talking about the Holy Spirit. Today, I wanna to talk about the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I have a CD series I'm offering called The God-Man. 
And this is how the two combinations of God and Jesus Christ came together and how that the Jesus Christ as the God man and a God could inhabit a man and did in the Lord Jesus Christ in a way that no one had ever had before except for Adam in the garden. We have a type of that today, but Jesus Christ was actually God in the flesh. And this is how he's presented throughout the Old and the New Testament. Even Jesus said, handle me and feel me, for a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone as I have, and to see me is to see the Father. So we're going to talk about that today. And so this is available and the announcer will come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of that yourself. And so if you're watching today for the first time, I love to take the Bible, just explain it, open it up and teach it and make it as simple as possible. And I think Jesus was a simple teacher. So were those who wrote the word of God. We often think it's complex, but there are times when it seems complex, but the longer you study it, it becomes more simple. So that's simply my gift. And if you're watching for the first time, welcome. And if you're just one that's watched for a long, long time and you are a partner with me, well, thank you for becoming a partner. And if you're not a partner with me, please do so. I'd love to have you work together with me and let's form a team. And that team will be Bob Yandian Ministries and we'll be putting together uh, teachings. And in heaven, you'll find out the results of all the things that happened where people received Jesus, where people were filled with the Holy Spirit, where people were healed watching the broadcast. So many things have happened because of the word of God, the teaching and the simplicity of it opens you up to where your will says, I want that. And you receive it. And of course, uh, we're gonna have all those uh, testimonies in heaven of people that received Jesus and were filled with the Spirit and all the different things. If you'd like to become a partner with me, then go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find there a place where you can become a partner with me. Let's talk about the, again, the doctrine of the deity of Christ himself. Let's talk about the definition. Jesus Christ is eternal God. As deity and a member of the Trinity, he has always existed. There never was a time when he did not exist. This is the, basically the difference between eternal life and everlasting life. God has eternal life. When he gives it to us, we possess his eternal life, but in our life, it becomes everlasting. And what do I mean by that? Eternal life is God's life and eternal life had no beginning and has no end. But we as human beings have a beginning. We have no end. Even if you don't know Jesus, you had a beginning when you were birthed, you know, and you were conceived in your mother's womb and born, but then you have no end of your life. Even if you don't go to heaven and you end up in hell in the lake of fire forever and forever, you have everlasting life. But God is the author of everlasting life. And when he imparts his eternal life to us, we have a beginning point. Mine was at five years old. I received Jesus as my savior at five years old and God's life entered into me. His was eternal life. He had no beginning and has no end, but I received everlasting life from the moment that started when I was five years old. I will have everlasting life from now on into eternity. I know there's times when I have thought about it, I'm sure you have too, trying to imagine being a hundred million years in heaven. It's like your, you know, smoke starts coming out your ears when you think about time like that. And you think I'll be in heaven at that time. It's like, it would like be time just began. I mean, that's how, that's how incredible that's going to be. That's called everlasting life. But I want you to stop and think for just a moment. God had no beginning and God has no end. 
He always was, he is, and he always will be. Now that should cause the other ear to start smoking too. When you start imagining that, it just gets beyond comprehension that God has eternal life, but he gives to us everlasting life. This is what, this is actually brought out in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God's eternal life was imparted to me when I believed in Jesus as my savior. And the moment it hit me, life sprang up inside of me, everlasting life. God spark in me and I have everlasting life. God has no beginning, but there's a certain day I joined him. And from that time on, I'm with him. And that again comes back to everlasting life. Colossians chapter one and verse 15 says this, that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So Jesus Christ is co-equal and co-eternal with the Father and with the Holy Spirit. In eternity past, Jesus had the same essence as the Father and as the Holy Spirit does. In time, he still had the same functions of deity, but he also became true humanity. When Jesus joined time, in heaven he was outside of time, but in time as he still had the functions of deity, he also became true humanity. Therefore, he is the unique member of the Godhead. He was deity before he took on a human body, and the deity of Christ is eternal. The resurrected human body of Christ is everlasting. So Jesus Christ is also eternal, but he's got an everlasting part to him, and the resurrection body was given to him three days after he was crucified. When he rose from the dead, he came out of the grave in a resurrected human body, a type of the body that you and I are going to have when Jesus comes for the rapture of the church. He's the only member of the Trinity who has a human body. He's the one mediator between God and man. And the reason why he can be, he's 100% God and 100% man. You say you can't have 200%. Well, Jesus Christ does. He's 100% God and 100% man. There's not any function of man he doesn't have, any process of man he doesn't have, but there's also not a process of God that he doesn't have. The Trinity is eternal and Christ is a member of the Trinity. Christ is the title for his deity and Jesus is the title for his humanity and and when he was born, the angel said and announced to them, and they announced it to the crowd that was around, his name shall be called Jesus. That's his human name. But Christ is his title that came from heaven, and he's always been Christ. And one day he took on a human name, and that's the name of Jesus. Let me give you some scriptural documentation on that. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 says this, of the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Notice everlasting is something that can start today and go on, but it's also something that maybe never had a beginning, but came to a certain end at a certain time. His goings forth have been from old. So from olden times and into the times whenever God created the earth and created and made the garden and all the different places that were there, his goings forth were there. And from everlasting, Jesus Christ remains eternal God even during the incarnation when he came to this earth and took on a human body. John chapter one, verses one through three says, in the beginning was, notice this past tense, whenever the beginning was, whenever God first created the universe, whenever that was, 
Jesus Christ as deity already existed. In the beginning was the word. And was means he preexisted the word because the universe, no matter how old it is, had a beginning. But as far as God is concerned, he never had a beginning. Christ never had a beginning and the Holy Spirit never had a beginning. John 8, 58 says, before Abraham was born, I already existed. Wow, because the disciples that were there and also the religious leaders were ragging on and on about Abraham. And Jesus said, wait just a moment, before Abraham was born, I already existed. Romans chapter nine and verse five, Jesus Christ is over all. What does that mean? Because he is God and God is over all. For him to say that brought such opposition from the Pharisees. They, they would say, you make yourself sound like God. And that's what he said before Abraham was, I am. And he went on to say, because he is God, he is over all. Titus chapter two and verse 13 says this, looking for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our savior. Notice this, Jesus Christ is called God and he's called our savior. He was their savior in the Old Testament but without a human body. In the Old Testament, he was just known as Jehovah, the manifested member of the Godhead. Hebrews chapter one, verses eight through 10, the father said, your throne, O God, is forever. God the father spoke to his own son and called him God and said, your throne is forever. To sit on a throne, he has to be human. And so again, Jesus Christ is human and one day will sit on the throne of his father, David. First John chapter five and verse 20, this one is the true God and eternal life. Hallelujah. We serve Jesus Christ. We serve the only one who has salvation. There is salvation in no other name than through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the one. Jesus Christ came to give his life a ransom for many, and that includes you. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, he's the only means of salvation. You say, well, all these other ones say, but what if Jesus is right? you might as well just accept him as your Lord and Savior now. And if you do, open up your heart and simply say, Jesus, I wanna accept you as the Lord and Savior of my life and your life will change. I'll see you right after the break. More and more, we hear the world and even some Christians speak of Christianity as being intolerant because we teach that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In this powerful series, Bob Yandian expounds on the four faces found in Ezekiel 1 verse 10, representing different aspects of Jesus Christ brought out in the four Gospels and explains why Jesus is the only way to salvation and why he alone qualifies to redeem mankind from sin. Messages include the face of an eagle, the only Savior, God anoints people. To order The God-Man, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
We're talking about the pre-incarnate Christ as well as the one that came to this earth and took on a human body, and he's one. He's just one person. He's one person as human. He's one member of the Godhead. Now, there's three members of the Godhead, but we're specifically pointing out the second member of the Godhead, the Lord Jesus Christ, today. And so again, I'm offering a series, and the announcer told you at halftime, and he'll tell you again at the end of the broadcast about the product, but the pre-incarnate work of Jesus Christ himself indicates he was God. He's the function of God. He's the man. Whenever God showed himself, he always showed himself through the second member of the Godhead. He was the creator of the universe. I'm talking about Jesus Christ himself as deity. John chapter one and verse three says, all things were made through him. Talking about Jesus, the whole context is talking about Christ. And before he ever took on a human body, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Colossians chapter one and verse 16 says, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven and they are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities and powers, all things were created through him and for him. And Hebrews chapter one and verse 10 says, you Lord in the beginning laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. So he had to be with God and pre-exist all creatures if he made all creatures. He had to be with God and pre-exist the universe if he created the universe. In other words, to be with God, he had to be here from eternity past and will be here into eternity future and then from eternity past, one day it was interrupted and Jesus came to this earth and took on a human body so that as the God man, he could present us to God. It says in chapter nine of the book of Job, Job was arguing with God, said, it's, it's useless to argue with you. You could ask me a hundred questions and I wouldn't know the answers to any of them. He said, neither is there any mediator between us that could lay his hand upon us both. He simply says, I'm fallen man and you are an incredibly righteous God. You've never, ever made a mistake and I am a human being filled with mistakes. How can we ever come together? Oh, if there was just a mediator that could put his one hand on God and the other hand on me and unite the two impossibilities. He didn't know it, but he was prophesying because there is a mediator. And the Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Notice this, he's got the title man, but also the title Christ Jesus. So what he's saying is, if there was one that could be God and also be man at the same time and not lose any of his essence, he's God, but he lost none of his essence as deity when he became humanity because he came in a perfect body. He came outside the curse on Adam and he maintained that for 33 years and went to the cross and died for the sins of all mankind. And after three days and three nights in the grave, he arose from the dead because he had paid for the sins of all mankind, but he couldn't be held there himself because he had no sins of his own. So he was raised from the dead and he had to be God to pre-exist all of creation around us. And so that is the one we have. And when I come to Jesus Christ, he's already got one hand on God. He's waiting on me. And the moment I accept him as my Lord and Savior, he puts his hand on me. And now through Jesus Christ, I am united to God the Father. My prayers are made through the name of Jesus Christ. Anything you ask in my name, God will give you. I have access to the throne of God 
through the name of the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the decrees attributed to God also came from the mouth of Jesus Christ. When I talk about decrees, these are things that were said in the Old Testament about the Lord Jesus Christ, or the Lord Jesus Christ was saying this about God the Father. Psalm 2 in verse 7 says, I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son, this day have I begotten you. This is not a reference to his deity. It's a reference to his humanity because deity was never begotten. Begotten. It's always existed, but Jesus was begotten in the womb of Mary and then was birthed in Bethlehem that day when he came into this earth. Psalm 22 and verse 1, when Jesus was on the cross, he made this statement. It's recorded in the New Testament, but Psalm prophesied it and he cried out from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The reason why God forsaken him was because the sins of the world were poured out on him on the cross. Why are you so far from helping me? from the words of my roaring. Here, Jesus Christ on the cross was crying out to God the Father, and these are called the divine decrees, things that Jesus Christ said on this earth. And here in Psalm 22, verse 1, talks about the fact he would become our Lord and Savior. Psalm 40 in verse 10, I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and truth from the great congregation. He's bringing out here that when he came to this earth, he held back nothing. And when he went into heaven, he still holds back nothing. There's not any secrets in heaven for us. It all comes down to this. God wants to reveal to us. And even according to the future, he doesn't have everything in the word of God. But he has the general things that are gonna happen to us throughout all of eternity. The fact that I'm a member of the church right now, I'm a member of the body of Christ right now. And one day I'm gonna die and I'm gonna be in heaven. And then Jesus is coming back for his church on this earth. And that's when the church will receive a resurrection body and all the saints from the church age will come back with him and receive resurrection bodies too. That's only part of the future I have. After that will be the judgment seat of Christ. After that's going to be the marriage supper of the lamb. After that's going to be the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. After that will be the eternal reign of Jesus Christ. All these things are brought out in the word of God. Isaiah 9, 6 brings out the humanity and the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God became a human being in this earth for us. Isaiah 9, 6 for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. This is the millennial reign of Jesus Christ for a thousand years on this earth. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Also, this is brought out in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3, Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 and 6, and Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10. What's this saying? Notice who wrote this. The human author is Isaiah over 500 years before the cross. And he says, for unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. And those us's were over 500 years before Jesus Christ was born and went to the cross. But he's just as much for the us's before the cross as he is for the us's after the cross. When Jesus was on the cross and hands stretched out in two directions, one went back all the way to Adam and the other goes all the way until the last person would be born again before the millennial reign is over and the eternal reign of Jesus Christ begins. The essence of God is ascribed to God. Any of the essence that God has is ascribed also to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The Father's essence is displayed through the Son. That's why Jesus said to see me is to see the Father. He didn't literally mean you can actually see the Father, but anything you want to know about the Father is presented through me. In Psalm 2, 6, 
Matthew 28, 18, Acts chapter two and verse 36, Jesus Christ is our savior. But you know what? God is our savior. But God became our savior through Jesus Christ so he could reach to humanity. He had to have that, that conduit. He had to have that mediator to where he could work through this side and come out to man and man can work through that side and come back to God. Jesus Christ is perfect righteousness. You know where he got that from? From the Father. He brought the, the perfect righteousness of the Father to this earth. He brought the perfect justice of God and the perfect holiness of God. This is presented in Luke chapter one and verse 35. Hebrews chapter seven and verse 26. And I'm leaving out a ton of other scriptures that all this is brought out. Jesus came to display God's love in John 13, one and John 13, 34, 1 John 3, 16. What we have is the love of God was displayed through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't bring his own love to this earth. He brought the Father's love to this earth and became a display of his heavenly Father. Eternal life did not start with Jesus Christ. Eternal life started with God the Father himself. In Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And so Micah 5, 2, John 1, 1, John 8, 58, Revelation 1, 11, all brings out the fact that Jesus Christ brought the eternal life of God to us. And inside of me is not just the life of Jesus Christ, I have the life of God the Father. Omniscience, the all-knowingness of God has been given to us. And through the revelation of the word, we know what's going to take care of the future. But we also know from the Holy Spirit what can happen in our own life in the next few years or the next few months or the next few minutes. The Holy Spirit can show us through a word of knowledge what God's going to do. Matthew 9, 4, John 2, 25, 1 Corinthians 4, 5, Colossians 2, 3 are all verses of scripture talking about that we can have those insights into the future through the revelation that came through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Omnipresence. Jesus Christ is omnipresent, just like God the Father in his deity he was. His humanity can only be in one spot at one time, but he's omnipresent like God the Father and he's aware of what's going on in all parts of the world in people's lives, and that includes me and you. God watches over us, but he watches over us the most when we accept his son into our life. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. That's Matthew 28 and verse 20. And Ephesians chapter one and verse 23, truthfulness. Oh, God is truthfulness, pure truth. And Jesus Christ came as the truthfulness of God in John 14 and verse six, Revelation chapter three and verse seven. And that truthfulness has been imparted to me the moment I accepted Jesus Christ as the way, the truth and the life. Omnipotence, Revelation 1.8. I myself am not omnipotent, but you know what? I'm hooked up to the omnipotent one. And whenever I need the power and strength of God, I can claim it, but you don't have to claim it in the name of Jesus. He is my mediator. And by knowing him as Lord and Savior, I have all these things just for me. Let's very quickly close with this. How about the appearances of Jesus Christ in history as God's representative? In the Old Testament, before his first coming to the earth, he appeared as a man, Genesis 18. And Genesis chapter 32 are all scriptures talking about the fact in this earth, when he came, he appeared as a man. Not always, but sometimes. Sometimes as a phenomena of nature. He came as, as wind, he came as lightning, he came as storms, all these different things. He came as a phenomena of nature. Exodus chapter 40 and verse 38, Exodus chapter 33, verse nine through 23. We find it over and over again, the word of God. He came as the angel of Jehovah. 
the angel of God, Genesis 16, Genesis 22. And when he came to this earth, Jesus Christ called himself the angel of the Lord. And there's many other scriptures dealing with this. This is one of the most popular ways that Jesus Christ came into this earth and displayed the character and the essence of God the Father was through an angel. Because Jesus Christ has always been the visible member of the Trinity, he never appears as the angel of Jehovah after he took on a human body. Once he took on a human body, that appearance stopped. And he has since appeared as spirit form. And he's even appeared sometimes as human form in this earth for a moment, displaying stuff to somebody, but be taken out of the way. Again, he still talks to us today, but mainly through the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit in our life. Closing verse, Philippians chapter two and verse six says, and though he existed as God, he did not think an equality with God is a thing to be strived at. He came to this earth and made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant toward the Father, and it simply says he did this for us. Even though he was still God and has preexisted as God, he laid aside some of that so he could come to this earth and do the will of the Father. I have come to do your will. Oh God, what an outstanding Savior we have. What an excellent Savior we have. His name is Jesus Christ. I trust you have put your faith and trust in him that you too are born again and part of God's family. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.